Hi, Nomi. Uh, welcome to the Curious Expression podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Same here. Um, so I wanted to start our conversation off today by talking about the White Cedar Institute. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, what it is and what the inspiration was behind starting it. Okay, it's an institute for self-healing, self-transformation, and self-actualization. Um, it's and it's a big, it's a high order. Yes, mm-hmm. so I offer. Um, classes, workshops, individual like trainings for organizations, Mm -hmm. speaking. I have created this program that would help people take step by step and get there because we know that self-healing, transformation, and self-actualization is pretty difficult to do. So I created a program that would help people by breaking it into very clear steps. So if somebody reaches out and they want to do those things, journey through this, then they start one-on-one with me to get the basics. And then they join there are seven levels of workshops. Okay. Then they join and they slowly proceed through the levels with a group that becomes their home group. You mentioned that self-transformation is difficult. Why do you think it is difficult for most people? Because as a very young people, we get hurt or we get uh, bruised and we cultivate something that I call our defensive self, our defense structure. So we have our emotional self where all the emotions live. And then we have a twin brother or twin sister. And that is the defensive self. And that's what we cultivate to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel appreciated, to feel like we're part of. And that becomes our little shelter. But that structure is not your authenticity. First, I wanna mention that there is a third part of us and that is the expanded self. And that is your spiritual understanding. That's your wisdom self. Mm-hmm. Yes. But those two, the emotional and the defensive, get very stuck in their safe little world. Mm-hmm. You know, the defensive is going like, okay, we're not going to show this. We're not going to show that. I don't think they're going to like this. Let's be this. Let's try to get this. You know, and that's people get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with freedom or authenticity or creativity or expression or anything. Mm-hmm. And I want to help people, and I do, to get out of that 
golden cage of safety. Mm. It's not so golden, you know, but mm -hmm. it, it feels very safe. And so basically, like, so we put up walls based on our experiences when we're younger. And yes. so you're basically trying to break down those walls or at least maybe put some doors there that people can open. It's a, it's a soft melting of, of that structure because the expanded self, that wise self that we all have, I teach them to access that and mm. then I give that part of them the tools to parent and coach and heal the two other little ones the emotional self and the defensive self, they're younger selves in terms of consciousness. Mm. You know, and they're, they're a little stuck or a lot stuck. So your expanded self can become the parent and the leader and the best friend and the coach and the healer and all of that. But that part of you needs to get those tools. And so you start to slowly normalize these two other selves. Because the emotional is wounded, usually. Mm -hmm. And you have to heal that, give it a support, give it love, reassurance, and all of that. Defensive is very tight and uptight, very survival-oriented and grounded in fear. Yeah, so you have to relax that one and soften it and teach it another way to be in life. Mm. You know, so your expanded self does all of that. If if you if you follow my guidance, you know, because it's it's you got to get those tools. You got to know how to do that. It's just mm. like parenting to very. Uh, very upset kids, you know, very afraid, frightened kids. Mm. Yeah, when yeah. they're young, they don't know how to control their emotions and things like that, or they make the wrong uh, judgment calls, or, or yes. Um, yes, sometimes they set wrong, uh, I guess they put up the wrong walls, um, because they blame themselves for certain things. Yes, but that's what happens to all of us. It's not, it starts as a kid, but then we walk around like this. Mm -hmm. Adults walk around being dominated by their wounded emotional self and their very frightened defensive self. And that's how they manage their life. Mm -hmm. So nothing really sits well. Mm -hmm. And would you say that people usually, I guess, try to bring down these walls when they, like, I guess, hit rock bottom? When they hit rock bottom, they kind of realize that there's something that's not working for me, but they still need the tools, how mm. to do it. Yeah. You know, if if you're going to build a house, you need to know how to build it. And you need the hammer. You need, you need the skills. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I am there to give the skills. Mm -hmm. um, you spoke about this 
third uh, identity, uh, would you say that it's uh, the soul? Is the expanded self our soul? Um, the soul is all your lifetimes. I mean, all the imprints of lifetimes. Your expanded self is the part, the wise part that is guiding your soul. Mm, okay. It's like a drop of divine consciousness sitting inside of you. Mm. And it's it's connected to the cosmic consciousness, right? Mm. So it gives you guiding, like, you know, like the, the small voice, they call it the small inner voice mm. inside of you. Like things things come to you and and just talk to you like this is this is not right let's do this you know mm -hmm. yeah i know socrates uh, the philosopher he talked about having like this inner voice um, that used to guide him so i wonder if maybe he uh was very connected to maybe his expanded self <laughs> yes exactly exactly <laughs> and people who do a lot of meditations people who um who who sit um i use a lot of meditations in the in the process and i use all the arts and expression and movement and sounds and all of that but people who sit with themselves are able to hear it mm. but if you're running around like a chicken without a head all the time mm. which is most people are doing mm -hmm. It's it's very hard to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, Alan Watts. He has this quote, he says, uh, when you're silent, it speak. So I just kind of thought of that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so people that have used your services, what kind of feedback have you seen? Tremendous transformation. I mean, people don't look the same. They don't live the same they you know they just don't and it's a well, pleasure they lighten up they 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 they're flowing better their energy is is freer because what we do not only we work with these three parts of ourselves i call it the three aspects of the self we're working on all the seven gates of life. Now, what does that mean? Your inner being is flowing through your body. That's a gate. That's the gate of the body. It's flowing through your emotions. That's the gate of emotions. It's flowing through your relationships. Gate of dialogue. It's flowing through your creativity and joy, the gate of creative expression. It's flowing through your purpose and your lessons in this life, which is the gate of life path. And then there is the gate of silence, which is meditation and prayer and spiritual understanding. And then there is the gate of knowledge. So these are 
portals, expressions um, that come from the inner being out into your life and into the world and the world comes back into you through those portals, right? So if the inner being is skewed, meaning let's say that's how the inner being should be, this is the, this is the expanded, right? Mm -hmm. it, it needs to be the leader and the communication needs to be balanced and everybody does whatever they do, but in a healthy way. The emotional is, you know, joyful and does whatever emotions and the defensive is watching over, but in a kind of calm way, right? And the expanded is, now if this is like that, then the energy is moving nicely through all these portals. But if this is like how it is inside, like the defensive is on the top and squeezing everybody, contracting everything, then the gate of the body suffers, the gate of emotions suffers, the gate of dialogue, all the gates are suffering. It makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned there were seven gates, right? Yes. Um, so I believe in Eastern philosophy, there's also seven chakras. Is your seven gates is those are those concepts related to the seven chakras or separate? Not really. I mean, they the chakras are part of the gate of the body and the gate of mm. emotions. Got it. You know, I mean, you can find them because the chakras are uh, presenting a lot of different themes. So you can find some of the themes in the gates, but mm. the systems are not the same. Okay, got it. But we do study it profusely about the chakras and the energy field and all of that. And so you mentioned that you've gotten a lot of positive feedback about the White Cedar Institute. So um, I know you've also written a couple of books. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about those. Uh, maybe we could start with the first one, Gates of Power, uh, Actualize Your True Self. Uh, so what's that book about? And what can readers get from it? It's, it's what I just gave in few little sentences you get in the book uh, you know everything about each gate and how to connect and what kind of exercises everything about those three aspects who is who and how to really find them inside of yourself and differentiate them and maybe start some kind of an inner dialogue um, so the book just helps you understand what Gates of Power system is all about. And it has a lot of case studies and stories of people who did the work. And at the end of the book, there are 10 or 12 people that speak about their own story in their own words. 
So quite interesting that way. There's a lot of exercises and reflection pauses. It's a workbook and it's an information book at the same time. And it's also an audio. So people can listen if they don't want to read. There is the other book is very different. It's Let the Heart Speak. And that's just me talking about things the way I felt them at that moment. It's short essays and you don't you can read back or front or just open in any random place and and it gives you a few lines to ponder for yourself um, and write down some things if you feel inspired. Mm. So we've been talking about actualizing our true self. Uh, how does how does one know when they're I guess have actualized their true self? Like when do you know that you are now acting as your true I guess being? There is a sense of openness. There is a sense of flow. There is a sense of expression and creativity. And you're able to love and receive love kind of effortlessly. Um, There is an enjoyment of moments There is an appreciation. There is an ease of being and authenticness that comes from very deep within. And your gates are good. Like your body is healthy and flowing and your emotions are resolved. Meaning, you know, there's always some sadness or that's fine, but there is a flow. And, um, and your, your gates are open. Your gates, meaning those areas of life, mm-hmm. are flowing well. Mm-hmm. And you you you're doing your potential. You're 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 actualizing your potential. The things that you'd love to do, the things that you're ta- you're talented, mm-hmm. you're gifted, you're passionate about. You are mm-hmm. doing them. Mm-hmm. Enjoy doing them. So it kind of sounds almost like uh, actualizing your true self is kind of like being in love. Like, you know it when it happens and, you know, you're just overflowing with this feeling and all of a sudden, you know, you're obsessed and, you know, there's just all this emotion coming out of you and you're open and all this stuff. Kind of sounds like being in love. Would you say (laughs) being in love is close to actualizing true self? Being in love with life, Mm. you know, and it's not obsessed. It's it's just very because obsession has this um, kind of a tightness to it. Mm. There is no tightness here, mm. and it doesn't happen overnight. It's the hard work miracle, you know. It's like it, it happens gradually. Would you say that you're very close to having like self-actualized yourself? <laughs> I think so, pretty pretty much on a lot of levels. I've been a, a performer for about 30 years of my life. Okay. 
uh, a dancer, an actor, choreographer, director. Um, so I really actualized the artist in me mm -hmm. in, in many ways, because I had a dance theater and I had to design um, design the videos with the videographer, design the soundscape with the audio designer that, you know, it's, it's like I had to do everything actually with people, but I learned how to do the costumes and the set. And uh, so definitely actualized my artist self. And I, I never thought that I would be writing books, you know, <laughs> it wasn't in my, but I did. So I actualized my ability to express myself in writing. Mm -hmm. And um, and obviously when you work with people, you actualize the healer inside of you, uh, the mentor. I also learned to become the leader of my own life. You know, as, as a young person, I was, um, more dependent, like in my case, dependent on men when I was very young and and feeling shaky if I didn't think they loved me or if I, you know, felt like a lot of fear of abandonment and so on. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of pain there and fear. And I moved through it. So I actualized my strength as a person. Mm -hmm. You mentioned being an artist. Would you say that artists tend to be more actualized um, in the beginning than most people? I think that artists have that drive, inner drive to express themselves. So many times that drive busts some of the defensiveness you know because because you you have to have a voice and you have to be authentic for people to really appreciate right mm -hmm. so you kind of like forced by by the nature of being an artist to be authentic and expressive mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I've always just been very uh, intrigued by artists. I just like how they uh, have that personality type where they're not afraid to push the buttons, where it seems like most normal people are a little afraid to kind of go outside of their norms and boundaries and stuff. So that's yeah. so why I was thinking maybe they kind of have a head start on us in terms of self-actualizing. <laughs> They do. It's a, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because you, you many times um, feel isolated or not understood, or if you're an actor, I created the dance theater because I couldn't tolerate, I was born and raised in Israel, and there I worked on big stages and 
Then I came to New York City on a grant to study, to study more. I already finished, you know, the academy there in, in, in Israel, but I came to study and then being an actor in New York City is life of a dog. <laughs> so millions of auditions and, and you don't land something until you land something. And you know, you have to do you have to wait on tables, you have to I don't know, coach check and bartending and all kinds of things. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I've tried to do some creative stuff as well, like writing. Um, and I've noticed it can be a very frustrating process, especially yes. when you're not getting any ideas and you have like writer's block and all that stuff. And yes. then you kind of feel yes. really bad. Yeah. Uh, so then I think that's when you recognize that that whole gift and curse thing <laughs> yes 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 but i still feel it's a blessing you know yeah, for sure all definitely. All, it's a it's a it's a difficult blessing but it's a blessing mm -hmm. yeah because those artists are typically the ones that like change society for the better so i definitely think it's a blessing yes so now I'd like to skip over to psychotherapy. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. 